Morning everyone, this is the Marcus Today Members Podcast on Wednesday the 11th of October. General advice only, of course, not to be confused with advice suited to your personal financial circumstances. So, interesting night last night. Not quite what we would have hoped for. If this was a biblical moment in the market, a biblical peak in interest rates, and the banner on my section today shows a biblical dove appearing from the heavens. And if this was the peak on interest rates, then that's warranted. But is it? As you saw, Wall Street was only up 0.4 of a percent, the Nasdaq up 0.6 and the S&P up 0.5. So it didn't really follow through. And bond yields, which is really what we're looking at at the moment, whilst the 10-year is 23 basis points off the top on Friday, having seen an adjustment from Friday to Tuesday, because of course the bond markets were shut on Monday in the US. Having seen an adjustment, last night's session on the bond market saw 10-year bond yield flatline. So I think if this was a biblical moment, you probably would have seen the bond yield continue to trend lower. Big pivot points in stocks and markets start fast. We sort of had that and then trend, but we've started or we've had an adjustment and then it's flatline. So I'm not thoroughly convinced this morning that this is the biblical event we were hoping for, but we haven't given up hope yet. Our market up 33 today, highest it was up 46, up 33 today, resources leading today, and those interest rate sensitive sectors which did so well yesterday, REITs, utilities, although utilities was all origin and the approval of their bid, but REITs, utilities, infrastructure, interest rate sensitive sectors doing well, and notably about the only stock that was down yesterday was computer share, which is an interest rate sensitive stock. It loves higher bond yields. So that was going down. So this is an interest rate theme. And the question for all of us at the moment is whether this dovish pivot, as it is being labeled, is real or just a moment. From the look of the bond market last night, it's a bit of a moment rather than a new trend. So lost a bit of enthusiasm for it, but there is clearly something going on. And it's all to do with the Fed or Fed speak over the last two days. If you read all the market reports from Australia yesterday, they were putting yesterday's 70 point, was it, rally down to comments from Fed Vice Chairman Philip Jefferson and Bank of Dallas President Laurie Logan, both of whom were carrying the message from the Fed that rather than higher for longer, the message seems to have gone high enough. And then overnight, another Fed governor, Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta President Bostic said, I think that our policy rate is at a sufficiently restrictive position to get inflation down to 2%. The Fed have actually said that before anyway. But it seems that the Fed's media machine is in motion to pass the message that rates are high enough rather than rates are going higher for longer. So what would have caused that, because they've only been on this message for two and a half, three weeks or so, what would have changed that? I can only think that they have had a meeting at the weekend and decided to change the narrative. Why would they do that? And my guess is that the Hamas-Israel conflict threatened to spike the oil price, which would put pressure on headline inflation and potentially crater the bond market once again. And I'm reading Jonathan Payne. I don't know whether you've read his stuff. He is a perma bear, but he is pointing out that having printed so many bonds over the last, well, since the pandemic and since the GFC, 
but particularly since the pandemic, they doubled money printing. Having printed, and much of that is held in bonds, having printed so many bonds and had the bond market go down and bond yields go up so much in the last year, they are sitting on massive bond market losses that if crystallized would send the US bust. They won't be crystallized, they'll just be run until maturity. But his other point is if they have to pay those back now, they would be bust as well. They simply haven't got the resources to do it, nor has any central bank that's been printing bonds hand over fist. The suggestion is that the Fed are looking at the losses they've got in the bond market and are simply saying we cannot afford to have bond yields rip up to 6-7% on the back of a Hamas-Israel conflict. And so they put out a pacifying or mollifying or counter-conflict message about rates being high enough. And you have to say, with the way the markets have reacted over the Hamas-Israel conflict, you have to say, mission accomplished Federal Reserve, because the bond market has gone down, not up. The oil price has been ignored. The oil price actually fell overnight. And equity markets have started to lift. But the most important thing, if you believe Jonathan Payne, from the bond from the Fed's point of view is that bond prices don't crater and they potentially could have done on the back of an oil price spike. So maybe that's what's going on. Does that make us any money? Well, possibly it does. It's, if anything, it has established a bond yield 5% at which the Fed are going to start trying to defend things. I have to say any central bank that has ever tried to manipulate any market has always been cut to ribbons from the Bank of England by George Soros to any any broker will tell you if anybody ever tries to defend a price at a level, the market goes after them. So if the Fed really are going to try and hold bond yields at 5%, good luck and it's dangerous. But anyway, for the moment, mission accomplished. Have bond yields really peaked? Is this really a biblical moment? Only time will tell. There is no hard technical, that is on the charts, evidence yet of a major major pivot point at the top of bond yields or at the bottom of the bond market. There's no hard evidence, just very short-term evidence. But the short-term reaction has obviously been good. And as you'll see in the technical section today, there are a host of buy signals, daily buy signals, and a few weekly buy signals on particularly stocks and sectors that are interest rate sensitive. So there's there are buy signals on a lot of REITs. They're very interest rate sensitive. Infrastructure, you utilities, although again, utilities a bit perverted by this origin bid approval. But there are other big caps, Telstra, Transurban, ResMed, Coles, APA, Illumina. Aluminium price is suddenly picking up. Maybe we should trade AWC or S32. Haven't done that yet. Uh, but there are also buy signals on the healthcare sector, which implies CSL ResMed. But more logically, as we go surprisingly risk on, there are buy signals in IT stocks, and lithium stocks. So WiseTech, Webjet, Mineral Resources, IGO, AKE, all with short-term buy signals. So is this the real thing? Don't know yet. But I do think the downside from here is probably pretty limited. We are coming off lows. We have just done three weeks of struggling against the higher for longer Fed messaging. Markets are down. There are technical buy signals. The market's picked up for a few days. So I think the downside is pretty limited. So I think you probably can have a a bit of a go depending on your risk profile but you are going to have to have a bit of a bet as always at the top and bottom of any price you have to have a bit of a bet no one's going to make it obvious for you so 
I wouldn't put you off having a bit of a bet at this point, and I've decided to do that in the ideas portfolio today. Just to mention a few other things that have gone on in the last 24 hours or so. First thing to say is the Hamas-Israel conflict is being all but ignored by the market in preference to this dovish pivot theme tune. Brokers are getting in on the act. You might have noticed some very cleverly timed city research yesterday on lithium stocks, upgrading long-term forecasts. And PLS, uh, Pilbara Minerals, was up 6% yesterday. And they mentioned Core Lithium as well. That was up 7.4% yesterday. So perfect timing for risk-on traders. Stick out a bit of lithium, positive lithium research. Right time, right research. So lithium stocks got a bit of a shot in the arm yesterday. And they followed through today. Pilbara Minerals up another 3.9% today. There is also an article on Bloomberg about the Chinese planning stimulus measures that they are going to make sure they hit the official growth target of 5% this year, which would beat most strategists and economists forecasts of 4.5%. Note also that after a few numbers yesterday showing that prices and wages are weakening in Australia, the Australian bond market is starting to price in interest rate cuts next year. Last week, there was zero chance of a rate cut next year. Those chances are now up to 31%. And the chance of a rate rise by May next year are down from 74% to 45% in a week as well. So the Australian bond market getting in on the act. And I've mentioned Jonathan Payne, the perma bear, talking about the Fed having to contain their massive unrealized bond market losses. But also I notice Shane Oliver writing about the parallels with 1987 makes a scary headline, but he's just pointing out the sober parallels, which there aren't that many. But 1987 pops up, you start to wonder whether perhaps something precipitous isn't on the horizon. So what to do? I'm not convinced enough to load up in the strategy portfolio or the BHP one stock portfolio or the Macquarie one stock portfolio. I don't want to get caught out in these portfolios, which are supposed to take positions over months, not days. I don't want to get caught out being short term. I need to find this dovish pivot is a fantasy. So I haven't changed those yet. I was going to buy the three big banks. I haven't yet had a look at the CBA AGM or the Bank of Queensland results, which are out today. And the price reactions on both of those are pretty negative. CBA down 0.1 of a percent. Rest of the banks sort of okay. But the Bank of Queensland's down 4%. So I haven't done it, but I wanted to buy ANZ, Westpac and NAB just as a visible experiment or experience on trying to strip a dividend running into their results in November. This is, if anything, a little bit late as a time to be buying them to try and strip a dividend. But I, I think it would be a useful exercise just to watch whether that works or not. You need the market going up and the market has sort of turned in the last few days. So probably a good time to try and buy ANZ Westpac NAB for a run into their results in a month's time. It's not really a trade. They're not great trading stocks. And I can tell you, I've watched people try and strip dividends in the banks as if it's easy. And what they end up doing is they lose money before they go ex-dividend. Then they go ex-dividend, they've lost even more money. And then they get paralyzed that they can't sell at these losses. And they're long-term stocks anyway, aren't they? So they hold them, end up holding them forever, having tried to strip a dividend in the short term. You need the market going up. Anyway, I'm of the opinion that there is a good chance the market's going to rally from here if this bond market thing is correct, in which case let's try and strip a dividend. But I haven't done that yet. Maybe tomorrow. I'll just see what the CBA wash up and Bank of Queensland wash up is. I'd also think about if this was a real peak in bond yields, you've got 
to be you've got to be buying things like REITs as a long-term investor, certainly as an institutional investor. I don't know about private investors. Again, they're not trading stocks, but you'd be buying interest rate sensitive sectors like REITs and you'd be selling stocks that benefit out of interest rates like computer share and challenger. Another sector which I haven't bought today, but another sector that's obvious. If we saw the peak on interest rates, you'd have to be buying tech as well. It's a pretty lame sector here and I'm not buying wise tech even though there's a daily buy signal. Have a look at the chart. Wouldn't buy that chart at the moment. Maybe one day, but I'm yet to be convinced enough to buy into tech generally. NASDAQ, FANG. We do have the results season for the for the uh, US third quarter coming up and generally it's quite positive and big tech is involved as well. So those those results are a couple of weeks out now. They, the results season starts this week, but they're a couple of weeks out. So it might be a good time to trade tech. Anyway, let's just see if this bond market thing follows through. But what I have done today is bought mineral resources. It's a iron ore stock. It's sort of on the hope that this lithium, short-term lithium enthusiasm follows through. Also on the idea that Chinese stimulus is coming, like waiting for Godot. There's also a buy signal. It's a quality stock. It's on a 52-week low, and we might just get a trade out of it. The other one is Allchem. Again, $8 billion lithium stock. I'm loath to declare buy lithium until the lithium price turns around, but there is clearly a sentiment change in lithium. We might get a trade out of Allchem as well. And it's a big enough stock. Obviously, if you were trading lithium, you'd probably try the, the miners, but this is one of the majors, and it's big enough not to whip us around too much. PLS is the obvious play, but it's up 10%. And I've also added Telstra today. Obvious buy signal. It's about time. Good stock, solid stock, 6.3% yield. I erroneously wrote it had results coming up, but it doesn't till February. And the brokers like it. Average target price, 16% above the current share price. And most brokers are buyers, holders at worst. So buying Telstra, that's a slow burn trade. All chem probably a bit quicker. Mineral resources in the middle. So there we go. So the ideas portfolio, we still have Northern Star Resources gold stock bought on the back of the Hamas-Israel-Israeli conflict. Not going anywhere yet, unfortunately, but we've now bought Min, AKE and Telstra in the ideas portfolio. Could have bought a thousand things this morning if you wanted to get behind this dovish pivot, but haven't done that yet. Right, have a look at the diary. You'll see US PPI numbers tonight, US CPI number on Thursday. We've got Fed meetings this week as well. We've got the US results season starting calendar on the website. As you know, it always starts with the big financial. So on Friday night, we've got JP Morgan, Wells Fargo, Citigroup, as usual. Then next week, we've got Bank of America, Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley. And then we start to get into tech stocks on Thursday next week, Tesla, Netflix. And then the week after, Microsoft, Google, Apple, Amazon, Meta, to name a few. So US results coming up, usually a positive for the market. And there are a bunch of other bits of data coming out. We have the AGM season going on. Obviously, CP, CBA had their AGM today. Brambles tomorrow. Harvey Norman ex-dividend this week on Thursday, is that? 4.3% yield on that. I wonder if that chart's looking okay. Sort of is. I'll be able to get a dividend and a trade out of Harvey Norman. And there we go. But the main focus on the US CPI number coming up. Right, that's about it. As I leave you, market wilting a bit, up 25, having been up 46. Dow futures doing nothing, up seven. NASDAQ futures up a touch. That'll probably do you. You have a good day. I'll be back tomorrow. Oh, 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 oh,